Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. And today's episode, uh, we're talking about putting what you learned into practice. So you've taken classes, read the books, now it's time to do the work. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer, but doing the work, even imperfectly, really does make all the difference. It's why we incorporated a mission into the podcast every week. So we both have seen the value in doing the work and we've talked about the pitfalls of keeping what we learn as theory only. So we don't wanna do that. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Yes, and I have to say our missions have been right on point with helping me and hopefully others deal with all that life is throwing at us. Last week we discussed getting comfortable with discomfort and we wanted to look for opportunities to practice sitting in that emotional discomfort rather than trying to avoid it or focus on other things. And the hope is that um, to find ways to mindfully deal with our emotions and our circumstances so that we can foster learning and growth and as always, hopefully making our lives better. So the mission for the week, how did that go for you? You know, it was a really interesting week. Uh, now, we try to make these podcasts, you know, um, timeless so that whenever you discover them, uh, they'll work for where you are in your life right now. Um, and right now, uh, you know, things are very uncomfortable in the world. There's a lot of social unrest. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, hard times regarding, you know, um, the Rona, as the kids say. And um, so it was a really amazing week, particularly. But I, I would imagine that eternally there will always be awkward things in the news and things coming up. Uh, well, more than awkward this time. But, you know, things coming up that really do sort of make us have to um, sit in the discomfort and learn and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this was a great week for that. And then for me also, you know, I was recovering from my neck injury and just trying to realize that um, sometimes my job is to listen and learn and be uncomfortable by what I'm learning uh, and look for a way to contribute in a positive way. And that's why I was particularly grateful, grateful this week. Um, for the podcast, because there was a lot of, um, you know, just watching uncomfortable things on the news, um, you know, listening to stories that um, were genuinely, you know, hard to hear, but needed to be heard. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was very, very grateful that this was our mission for the week. Mm -hmm. And I felt the same, especially, um, you know, with with everything that's going on, there was just a for me this week, just a tremendous amount of sadness at times that kind of at some point made me feel like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was at work and I'm doing the things, you know, that I need to get done at work, which I feel are very important. Um, but with everything that's going on in the world, there were just times when I was like, what am I, I, I should be doing more, or I need to be, uh, I need to be out, um, just all of these thoughts were coming. And then of course, um, a little bit of the negative thinking coming in, feeling like I needed to be doing more. And so there was really that opportunity to acknowledge that I was uncomfortable with uh, my current situation. And then just trying to find these ways to um, either reach out to people to talk about what was happening and how I felt about it. And um, bring some more understanding around my role right now and what are some things that I can do in a time when it feels like the the issues are so large, I don't know where to start. Um, and then also just having the opportunity to, you know, just understand that I'm sad right now in, at times because there's there there are legitimate things to be sad and sometimes angry and um, uncertain, uncertain, um, because that's just kind of the world that we're living in right now. And it really was helpful to have this mission this week to know that all of that was okay, that I didn't have to, um, try to have like the stiff upper lip or pretend like things weren't as, uh, pretend like things were great when they were, they're maybe not, I just, it was okay to sit and have those emotions and that experience and then work through it. Absolutely. I thought it was really, you know, it's interesting because I'm not a person who is um, an activist. 
I, um, I, you know, a lot of friends of mine are doing some really great work. Uh, and I was looking at what I'm trying to do with my life as my contribution. And honestly, you know, you know, some days in the news and seeing what other people are doing, I can feel like my life is very small and very trite. Uh, and then strangely, I felt the urge to um, sort of start complaining about all the wrongs in the world to sort of make myself miserable as if that would somehow serve a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just really careful to not do that. I don't want to co-opt somebody else's um, genuine pain and sadness and make it about me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do want to listen. I do want to contribute. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, you know, taking the positive view was to be quiet, be uncomfortable, listen. And then for me, it was to make my donations. Do you know what I mean? I will donate mm -hmm. in support of things that I believe in um, and use that as opposed to I realize for me sometimes um, when I feel impotent about um, larger things happening in the world, I resort to just complaining and, and about it as if so that I could feel like I'm doing something toward mm -hmm. the cause. But I'm really just um, preaching to the converted. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, and that's fine. If you need to vent, that's fine. But I know the difference. For me, you know, uh, when I vent, I genuinely feel relief. Um, but when I'm complaining, it just, I, there's no end to it. I just want to make another call and another call and just not really doing anything. And, and genuinely, um, you know, some of the things going on in the world are, are things that I really want change for, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, it was, you know, signing a petition, making a donation. Um, but if I would have just let myself go down the less productive path and it's a perfectly fine thing to accept to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like just sometimes the pressure gets to you and you just need to vent. But for me, I didn't want to fall into the trap of where I complain that I have it. I make myself miserable to make me feel like I care when I know I care. There's no one else in this room, but me mm -hmm. and, and not, and I don't feel for me that I'm being a service to like a greater good by just calling people who feel exactly the same way that I do <laughs> and complaining. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that is, I think, one of the uh, really positive things about having this mission this week is we, you know, in addition to sitting in the discomfort, if we can, if we can sit in it long enough to kind of work through our feelings uh, or work through, yeah, work through our feelings to see the truth of what's going on, I feel like then the thing that happens is you let me just speak for myself. Sorry. Uh, the thing that happened for me is I could get very honest about what I'm good at or what I do well. And then maybe the things that I'm not as comfortable with. And so in this moment, I'm going to stick with the things that I do well. So I uh, recognize that um, I'm working with a couple of organizations. And so I, you know, in, in, in kind of deciding what it is I can in can do it's to get more involved in those organizations and to take a, a, a bigger kind of a more front row front front seat approach uh, to working with and furthering those the causes for those org organizations and knowing my strengths lie in you know kind of behind the scenes stuff um, and that's okay we all have our part to play in not only this this particular time that we're living in, but just in general, we have our part to play. And it, to me, reminded me of something you said last week or the week before um, about playing to our strengths, like leaning into the strengths that we have, so to speak, because, you know, that's where the, potentially that's where our growth will be exponential, where we can just kind of skyrocket and really have an effect on um, effect for our own lives as well as hopefully uh, for other people. So while I hope people will challenge me to maybe step outside my normal comfort zone to, to do different things, um, what I was able to do this week uh, was just recognize those emotions, work through them, and then uh, see where I could start to make small pockets of positive change, I hope, or bring small pockets of hope and positivity in my conversations with people. Even when we're, like you said, even in, when we're in conversations where uh, both parties maybe are kind of venting, it's do that, get that, get that out there, because I think it's important. 
and then find ways to talk about, okay, so that's how we feel about this current situation. What are we going to do next? And what are we going to do about it to bring that more positive spin and um, sense of empowerment to something that could very easily be, feel overwhelming? Exactly. What, and, and by all means, uh, when I say, you know, um, I didn't call people and complain, make no mm -hmm. mistake, during the course of a conversation <laughs> where I did not exclusively call someone to complain, where I'd received a telephone call and it was a genuine, like, catching up because, you know, we want to know how we're doing. We're all, like, right now I'm sheltered in place. Uh, make no mistake, there was some complaining. Uh, and by some, I mean a lot, but not mm -hmm. as much as I could have done. And so we are taking the positive view on that. Um, I will say, though, uh, one of the ways I uh, I really I, I love doing this podcast every week because, you know, I am not the most positive person in the world. Right. I do this podcast because I genuinely want to nurture this practice. It's a practice. I want to put it into place. I want to do good things with it. And um, like I have to like remind myself over and over that this is the goal. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say one of the things that was really uncomfortable that I had to sit in this week is, you know, I've been working hard, not working hard. I've been working lightly, let's say. <laughs> uh, I've been mildly at work on the concept that I don't have to carry resentments, you know, that and that praying for people that I disagree with and looking for an opportunity for me to, you know, just not carry, um, you know, resentment in my heart, not, not uh, you know, I want to believe what I believe and have love in my heart for my fellow Americans, my fellow neighbors, my fellow humans, right? I don't mm -hmm. want to be that middle-aged woman that spends her time just complaining about the government, frankly. It's a cliche and it's a trap in my opinion. For me, it's not where I want to spend my life. However, um, especially right now, because there isn't a lot of going out, there are people aren't seeing plays, you know, I realize how much of that complaining that I do is my way of talking to people. When mm -hmm. um, there's another uh, friend of mine that I know who, who's very aware of the concept of, um, you know, 21 days of doing like a resentment prayer. Um, and, you know, when I mentioned like, hey, you know, I'm trying really hard to be more positive and I'm really, you know, working through my resentments that I don't have to be resentful for people toward people who disagree with me um, because I do believe in the concept of communi community, communication, being open, compromise. I want to be the change I want to see, right? I want mm -hmm. tolerance. I can't change tolerance by being intolerant of the intolerant. It doesn't even make logistical sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, as a result, their conversation was considerably shorter than it normally was. And it was really uncomfortable to not just jump in and complain. Like I could feel mm -hmm. the distance in that particular conversation and realize that I didn't have as much in common with somebody as I'd used to. Um, and it was very uncomfortable, but sometimes when, when you're working toward a change, um, yeah. there will be times when it'll be harder for people to relate to you. And that's why I'm also really grateful and why I'm also really interested in us, like really grouping together and creating a community so that we all don't feel so alone as we change because the positive view isn't always a majority view. <laughs> Let's just put that's it that true. way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think, you know, the other piece, and then obviously, you know, because we've talked about it a lot is, you know, in, in trying to, in doing this podcast and doing this work and hoping to bring people together, it, it is that piece of uh, what, the, what we keep hearing is that we're more divided than ever. And, um, and as I, as I keep hearing that, it feels as if we're going to get to a point where we're so far that we can't come back together. And that for me is a very uncomfortable feeling because I don't, I don't necessarily believe it's true. And I don't, I don't want to just have kind of the world start believing it because that's what they're hearing. And so we're doing this work to hopefully bring people together because it, it also feels like, although that's what we're hearing, I do get the sense that there are people who just want to, come together or, or even on their own, I guess, want the world to feel like the world can be better for a larger number of people. And to me, that feels like we can, you know, we, we can be successful doing that if we're coming together and, and, um, you know, 
working through the challenges versus just pushing them under a rug or, or, or pretending like they're not there, but really taking a look at, okay, what's going on in the world? Where are our challenges? Wow, that doesn't feel great, but let's get down to work and see if we can't make a difference and how much easier that will be if we're, be, if we're able to do it with other people. Yes. So this was the per- perfect week for us to like put into practice being more positive, which actually brings us to this week's episode, which is how do you get yourself to do the work? What a wonderful question. <laughs> I know. Because, you know, I'm, I'm great at the talking, but the working I've been working on. <laughs> Just and I am uh, great at the thinking. <laughs> I'm real good at thinking about stuff. Uh, and thinking about doing the stuff, um, but it is the, the actually putting practice or, or theory rather into action and giving things a try that is a little bit of a challenge. So we both uh, have been in a space where uh, we, we maybe have some ideas about the things that we want to do and then Sometimes we do them, sometimes we don't. I think what I've really learned, though, is um, how much there is to learn from the doing. So even if it doesn't work out, you know, in our first episode, we talked about even if it's just messy and imperfect, we really need to um, get uh, that get into that mindset that we have to at least try and we have to try to put the things that we're learning into into practice. Exactly. And it's like, there's two different things to, to like work through, like on how to get yourself to do the work. There's the mental work, right? Like this week, it was a particularly challenging week for me to remember to be positive. Do you know what I mean? And it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really glad to have the accountability and the reminder. And then there's the nuts and bolts. You know, how do I take action to get closer to where I want to be in the world? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where, um, and, you know, and, the, and they do intertwine pretty well. For me, the mindset part is an easy thing to forget. And that's why like having like legitimately like an accountability partner that's like, for me, I don't think my mindset would have been as good on this particular challenging week if it wasn't for the fact that we were doing this podcast and that you and I Mm -hmm. talk every week. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I actually had people who called me who are close to me who listen to this podcast and they were reminding me how important it is. Like they, you know, I had gotten some very kind words about how listening to this podcast um, had been helpful in keeping their spirits up. Uh, and I'm just really grateful for that. But it's also like a reminder, hey, you know, practice what you preach. Um, and there is that extra thing where if you really want to change and you want to do something, and I think you've had some experience with some of that at work, um, where you put it out there. You say, like, you can't, for me, I can't have, a, even though I very much show that I'm a before photo, right, uh, regarding mm-hmm. being more positive, I can't have a weekly podcast that comes out every Monday dedicated to taking the positive view and constantly complain and forget to even try. It's a nice accountability piece. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And, and I do think that having that accountability partner or someone that you can say things to, not so that they're kind of standing over you and saying, Oh, why aren't you doing this thing? But just so that, so that when you say it, saying it out loud for me makes it more real. And I think, again, for me, just because I tend to hold things um, sort of and overanalyze things and try to make sure that the, the opportunity or the moment that I do them are going to be perfect, saying things out loud means I can't spend a lot of time doing that because someone eventually is going to be like, hey, how was that thing you said you were going to do whatever it may be. So I've found, um, I agree with you with the podcast, uh, from the positive standpoint and, and trying to work on the reframing, this has been an excellent opportunity for being able to do that work. And what I found is getting into that positive mindset has helped me be more outgoing and sharing my thoughts and ideas and my plans with people to say, and I'm very upfront now with whomever I'm talking to, to just say, I'm saying this thing out loud, because if I say it to you, then at some point I want to come back and tell you, because I want, I know then that I'll do the thing. And I really want to come back and tell you how great it went. Um, 
Now, I know it's not always going to go great, but if I start out from that space of I'm saying this out loud so that I, it makes me you know, do the work and then also gives me the opportunity to share with someone how it went and work through whatever, whatever that outcome is. Yes. And the interesting thing is, and, you know, so there's the mindset piece and then there's actually the doing things we don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I've really come to terms with that one, I'm, I've been self-employed. I mean, I do have part-time work, which by the way, having part-time work, well, now I don't, but having part-time work so that I had, like, I had to be somewhere on Saturday and Sunday so that I couldn't, like, I couldn't do it anytime. I had to do it on these days or it wouldn't get done actually does help. Sometimes being a little more busy actually makes you get things done. So it's a nice little tool. But I would posit that most people don't have um, that uh, I need to be busier to get things done. I think it's, you know, I think a lot of people go the other way where they've got a lot to do. And it's hard to just even start because you're so overwhelmed with things. And I think for me, in that instance, what I've started doing is like I have like all these little tiny tricks and tools. And one of them is like um, some people call it the Pomodoro method which is like the, the thing where you set a timer and you do it for 25 minutes. But for me, even 25 minutes is really overwhelming. Like I don't like set aside 25 minutes. It feels like, yeah, but once you do something for 25 minutes, you're going to do it for hours and then I don't want to do it. Like I'm on to me, you know? So for me, I've literally learned to embrace 10 and 15 minute intervals. It's, I mean, I've written entire books in 15 minute intervals because I can write 250 words or 350 words in 15 minutes. Um, and if you do that four times a day, you're, you're cooking. You know, it's an amazing mm-hmm. tool. So sometimes it's just a matter of saying, I'm going to do something towards this goal. It, it, could, it could literally be the dishes. It could be cleaning up. It could be any number of things as we, you know, we, we talked in our pre-show about it mm-hmm. um, where you just say, okay, I'm going to go at it for seven minutes and then I'm out. Do you know what I mean? Or I got mm-hmm. 15 minutes and I'm just going to do something. Um, and I, I've embraced the idea that I don't have to, One, some tasks are too boring to be enjoyed. Uh, And two, I don't have to love it. Like, I don't know where I got the idea that, um, you know, I'm going to be psyched for every moment of every whatever, but a grudging sense of responsibility, like, hey, if I don't enjoy the doing, I can enjoy it being done. Do you know? Absolutely. That that sense of... um that joy of like, great, now I don't have to do this again for however long because I've done it and it's done and the things are cleaned up or the thing is put away, whatever the case may be, it's done. Um, and I've, I've used something similar. So I've talked about uh, in previous episodes, just talked about my journey uh, related to health and wellness. And one of the things I really don't like to do is exercise. I wish it were, I wish it were not true but it is. And so one of the things I found to be most successful, especially when I've maybe um, been out of practice and had to have to have had to restart is setting a very small amount of time, just get through. Usually it's, I try to say 10 minutes. Um, Just if you can get through 10 minutes, that's all you have to do today and talk about getting comfortable with being with being uncomfortable. Um, There's just a whole lot that goes into the discomfort related to me and exercise. Um, But setting that goal of 10 minutes, I know that 10 minutes is doable. And I know that I feel great. And usually when I'm done with my 10 minutes, I will go for a little bit longer. And I do have to watch that. So I do have to watch, you know, not telling myself 10 minutes and then like saying, well, if you can do 10, you can do 25. And then it starts to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to become comfortable for 25 minutes. Are you crazy? Um, So I have to back it up and just go back to that 10 minutes. Or sometimes it's like do three songs worth of the punching bag or whatever the case may be. And slowly... If I can stick with that, then slowly it starts to become more natural in that the 10 minutes becomes 15 and then 20 and 25, and then I'm on a roll. And it's just, as you said, it's helping to focus more on the joy of being done with it sometimes is, is what's going to help me, help me get through it um, and help me not only in the exercise piece, that's just probably my most, uh, my most challenging thing to do. Um, but it just helps to get through it in a way that keeps you on track. 
Absolutely. And I find that like, I have a very interesting brain and there. There's some people who say that your brain is like trained to get you to not do things because it's trying to just keep you alive. It's not trying to make you thrive. So like your brain will deliberately try to get you to expend less effort because with less effort means less fuel needed. Do you know what I mean? And you're saving up your resources. And so you sort of have to fight against your natural whatever. You know, and I know I've, I've heard that and it could be true. I don't know. But I do know. <laughs> that my brain is playing tricks on me, right? So mm-hmm. my brain is really clever about uh, doing the thing where it's like, well, if you're going to do it for 10 minutes, when are you going to get it done in 10 minutes? You know, you might as well do it for a half hour and do it later. Then we're going to do this thing. And I've learned to just sort of be like, oh yeah, I know this one. You're full of it, brain. We're going to do this. <laughs> um, and just like, to just like literally use that, that talking, like there's a couple of different ways my brain talks to me where I know it's full of full of it, right? It's mm-hmm. one is the blah, yeah, yeah, and then you're going to do that, and then you might as well, you know, that sort of naggy, like lazy sort of thing. And the other one is my brain doing the, well, sometimes it's, you know, like that sort of wishy-washy talk, which is meeting, I'm trying to talk myself into doing something that's a bad idea. Sometimes he's going to be nicer and he's not going to, yeah, no, no, he's going to be rude to your friends at dinner. Don't keep dating this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like, I just know that when my voice is starting to be like, well, you might as well just like, yeah, you, oh, well, you, you, you gave up on your diet. You might as well just eat the whole cheesecake. Like, like <laughs> <coughs> that just sort of, that sort of cranky, lazy voice or the, mm-hmm. la, 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 that over justifying me voice. Whenever my brain is doing that, uh, it's not really giving me good information. That is not the mm-hmm. reliable part of me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's usually just like a matter of, and I will say there's some things that make things fun, a soundtrack. Um, really boring errands. Like for me, I have a tendency to accumulate um, free reading publications or just random like batches of receipts or pieces of paper that I wrote what I thought were important notes uh, that aren't, I don't even know what they mean anymore. Um, And so for me, like I will literally watch hoarders with a giant garbage bag and throwaway (laughs) stuff. Like that's how, that's my big, uh, I'll listen to podcasts while I fold laundry because that's never going to be interesting enough for me to just meditatively fold my laundry or I'll, I'll do long, I'll fold laundry while I'm talking to my guy in the morning and we're having coffee. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It also makes it more likely that I'll listen instead of just talking all the time, <laughs> which is, which is a habit of mine. I don't know if people mm-hmm. listening might notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say, I love laundry. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, you do. <laughs> I, uh, I love the laundry. Um, but I do think one of the things for me, unfortunately, that is discomfort can be the catalyst, which I don't think that I'm unusual in that. But my challenge is I have a pretty high tolerance for um, when the discomfort kind of kicks in and then like kicks me into action. So I think what I'm looking to do here is how do I get that, like, how do I get that level down a little bit? So I'm not waiting until um, I've got all of this stuff kind of piled up that I either need to do, want to do, whatever the case may be. And so then it, it just takes even more action uh, or, or more of an oomph to get started. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but I just, I, I, I agree your mind, my mind plays tricks on me. <laughs> um <laughs> And, um, it is that moment, what I'm working on right now is, um, trying to be able to recognize that, to counteract that conversation, uh, particularly because, you know, I work basically, uh, like six 30 to four. And so at the end of the day, I'm coming home and I'm just, my brain is just done. I'm like, not really wanting to think about a whole lot of anything. So to have the mental energy um, and the uh, sort of acuity, I don't know what the right word is, acumen, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, to like outsmart my brain. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I just, I just don't have it in me. And the most that I can do is just kind of group, like group some stuff into piles to make me feel like I'm, I'm doing a little something to either straighten up or be organized. Um, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Some days I just have to do like a little bit. And there are days that I just don't do anything. 
because I've just kind of had it with the day. I can't really uh, focus. I can't quite get myself into a space to do something. So sometimes I just have to come home and do nothing. But taking that positive view is, you know, some of these things that you and I have talked about, this um, setting the timer. We you helped me practice it right before, uh, right before we did the podcast and it works great. So if I can at least say, okay, for 15 minutes, for 10 minutes, whatever the case may be, um, I can do this thing. I, I'm excited to see what'll happen with that. Yeah. And the, one of the things that we did was, um, uh, it's, I learned it. Uh, I don't remember where I learned at, at a support group meeting actually, and it's called bookmarking. And I, um, I had a tendency to accumulate a lot of clutter. Um, and honestly, I, um, I don't even notice sometimes that I've made a mess. Like I literally have no idea. I, I remember my sister like cleaning up the whole house and then I sat down with my backpack or whatever in the living room and she went to just put, like she went to the laundry room to just change out the something. And then she came back in literally five minutes later and there was this giant, like in a semicircle around me, all this stuff. And she was like, Christy. And I looked up and I was like, what? And she's like, I just cleaned this living room. And then I looked around at my stuff and it literally startled me. I was like, oh, like, how did this all get here? Um, Cause it was just like, I just naturally pulled out all this stuff and she started laughing at me. She's like, she was like, Christy, I couldn't even be mad at you because it was so obvious that you had no idea. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and so as recourse, I just shoved everything back into the backpack, you know, cause that's how it grew, I guess, out of there. Um, so for me, like I literally, I have, I have to have like cues in place. One of the things that, um, you know, I live with my fiance now and what I have to have him do is at 1030, I'm like, Hey, when you're leaving work, I need you to call me that you're coming home. And he's like, why do you need that? I was like, that is my cue to look around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're welcome <laughs> to not do that, but you're going to come home and be incredibly agitated. Like there's one time he came home early and he's like, what's all this stuff? I'm like, you didn't call me. Do you know what I mean? So, because it's really, um, it just really bothers him. And I don't do it on purpose. I'm not deliberately trying to be, um, you know, cluttery or messy. Um, so if he calls me, like, it's my cue to like, look around and go, Oh my God, where did those dishes come from? Oh my God. You know what happened here? Um, and then just like literally get all that stuff out of the way, um, in -hmm. like 15 or 20 minutes. And I've noticed sometimes, um, like when I was by myself, I would set these sort of cues. In other words, I would have people coming over to my place. Do you know what I mean? Cause then you gotta clean. Um, I would (laughs) set, um, another one with a bookmarking is writers do it all the time, especially if you do like a challenge, like NaNoWriMo, the bookmarking is like, literally you'll get in a group on Facebook or you'll do it through Twitter, or you can do it with a friend on text. And you say, we're going to be writing for 15 minutes, starting at, you know, 0.05, you know, five minutes after the hour, uh, ending at 20. And everybody just says, go, you write for 15 minutes. And then we all say how many words we wrote. And that bookmarking can really just give you uh, a little bit more incentive to finish what you started. Um, And that's why I think it's really cool that we want to build like eventually. And please write to us, tell us like what you want to be accountable for. We'd love to hear it because I'd love for us at a later date when there's more listeners and people interested to have a community where we can hold each other accountable. We can mind each other to be uh, more positive and work through Mm -hmm. like different strategies to get more things done. Because I found that you and I talking like this has absolutely helped me get more things done. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think for me too, it's not just helping me get more things done. It's also helped me, um, follow through with some of the, um, outrageous isn't the right word, but some of the bigger things that I've wanted to do. So I know I talk about it a lot, but the kayaking is one of them. Yes. Just having someone, uh, to talk about that with, and then to say, yep, this week, uh, I'm going to test out kayaks. And then, you know, afterwards we, you know, happened to be a Saturday. And so, I gave you a call after and we talked about it and and it was a great way to not just have the accountability, but also to just share the excitement of this new thing that I'm trying. Now, am I going to necessarily um, kayak every day and, you know, that it's going to become, you know, my life, I'm going to be a pro kayaker? No, though I wish I could live in a space where I could kayak every day. Um, but there's just some wonderful excitement there. And I think that's the really important 
important piece about accountability, having a person to uh, share that with so that you kind of have that accountability partner. Because I think sometimes accountability has some negative con- connotations because it's sometimes used in in reference to, you know, hey, did you get that done? Do this, yeah. Right. You, did you get this done or you didn't do that thing you were supposed to or that you said you were going to? And what I really enjoy about, you know, this work that we're doing, the podcast that we're doing, and then, you know, tying it to the thing to to that small group we had with our colleagues before is the accountability piece is sharing, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You do it and you come back and talk about it. And you might have to talk about it in a way that things didn't quite work out. Some weeks you might have to come back and say, yeah, I didn't do that. Um, and, And having the person or the people to share that with they are going to, they're going to, the accountability piece is they're going to be encouraging. Well, I should say, hopefully they're going to be encouraging about that. Okay. It's one week. So you didn't do the thing this week. That's okay. So what are you going to, how are you going to approach this next week differently? So, you know, those same challenges or those same barriers don't come up or if it doesn't go perfectly, that's okay. The great thing is that you tried it. And what are you going to do next week so that, um, you know, you can either avoid those pitfalls or what did you learn from it not working out? That to me is what the accountability uh, piece is. It's not just kind of getting down on you because you didn't do the thing or it didn't go perfectly, but it is really that encouragement and support. Um, And for me, it's usually a sounding board to figure out if something didn't go well how do I need to, how do I need to change to do it differently? And I guess the great thing too, is to just have that group or that person to share when it does well, because then you get to celebrate and talk about fun stuff. Yes. And that's the other thing that I really, like one of the things that used to keep me from doing things was I was embarrassed the fact that like, for me, basic organization that some people find very easy to do is like kind of a big deal in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea that I would elevate it to a level of importance that I would talk to somebody else about it just made me feel silly. But what I loved about what we do is just everything that you're doing to, to make a better life for yourself matters. And I just love coming at it from that space. It matters. I don't care if it's you have a hard time, you know, sorting your mail or if you have a hard time folding your laundry or if you're having a hard time doing some incredibly major task, you know, that you've always wanted to do. Like all of it is important. All of it matters to you. If it matters to you, it matters, period, period. And I love being around like that's what I loved about like when we were being positive. It's like that you can treat not you know, like literally having a cluttered kitchen table, like you were talking about once or, (laughs) or me and my, you know, my car or my, but for me, it was always like, you're great at laundry. And I'm, you know, literally I I created a a comedy show in a laundromat. So I would do my laundry every week and it was too much to do the show and do my laundry. So I still didn't do it. It was amazing how like, and then (laughs) And then one week, I finally came up with a system where, okay, my system. My system was I took it to the, we wash it by the pound, right? I decided, here's one way to get this done, outsourcing. You know what I mean? Great. I found a place. It was only 99 cents a pound. It was amazing. And they waited after it was clean. Um, And it also forced me to get rid of, like, clothes that I didn't want people to see. It's like, you know what? That was actually good for me. Like, maybe maybe that's not good enough for strangers to look at and judge you with, maybe Maybe you should want something better for your underpants, Christy. Like, get rid of those. <laughs> um, so that was my system. And then I literally, I was too lazy to get it out of my trunk that day. Uh, and I hit a skunk. And so I had to take it right back. <laughs> <laughs> and now you learn, right? What a wonderful opportunity to learn a very valuable lesson. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Actually, as we know by me and my lesson learning, sometimes it takes a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, I was in urgent care for the second time because I got a piece of, <laughs> of a Q-tip. <laughs> the cotton ball, the Q-tip came off in my ear again. So during the pandemic, right. I'm at urgent care because this time 
it was too deep for Mighty Guy to go in with a tweezer. I finally threw away mm-hmm. our bargain uh, Q-tips, uh, just a little note to other people. Don't, don't, don't do that. Maybe you're... <laughs> and let me just say, uh, don't put things in your ears, everybody. Uh, I'm going to just put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. Don't put stuff in your ears. Yeah, follow the warning on um, the box. <laughs> hmm Yep. <laughs> So we know the next time when I yeah. got, when I picked up my laundry that week, uh, it did sit mm-hmm. in my trunk for two more days, but I didn't hit a skunk. So, you yeah. know, um, but that was my solution. Don't, don't, don't forget outsourcing is always a great solution. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes um, uh, like breaking things down into smaller and smaller tasks. So you can take some action also can help with the bigger projects. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the bigger things that's helped for me is, I, like you said, I'm not going to get down on myself or, or I don't know, I'm going to keep it there to get down on myself for having to do things differently than somebody else. I think there's the comparison piece. And so if I look at, you know, if I am trying to compare myself to, let's say just how you're doing things and how I'm doing them and I don't, and I see that they're different and I have got it in my head that your way is the best way or better than what I'm doing. So I have to do it your way. But realistically, I'm not ever going to do the things in that particular way. Uh, then I'm no better off. We, I need to find the thing that's going to work for me. So very much, you know, you're not into the laundry. I love the laundry. <laughs> So that's not my, that's not one of mine, but one of mine has been, again, back to the health and wellness piece is food prep. I don't know why I, I can cook, but I don't love it. Um, I definitely don't like all of the, like the prep and of course not the mess after, especially being a single person, uh, just, I think I have better ways to spend my time. Um, and so, uh, I've been working with someone a nutritionist and we've been talking about what are my habits and it's it seems so obvious she's she's just like well then get the stuff that's already prepared <laughs> and I don't I don't know why that didn't come to me before but again I had to find what was going to work for me so that when I did so that I would actually do the work so if the work is healthier eating then I needed to find the things that were going to help me do that and one of them is getting things that are already prepared or as prepared as they can be. So basically I need to do two steps and 10 minutes and whatever meal it is that I'm making is done. Um, And that has worked incredibly well. So just finding out what you're realistically going to do or be capable of doing. Um, and sometimes those are little things. And for some people, they're big things, you know, for some people it's, I'm going to get healthy and to, you know, kind of kick myself in the pants to do that. I am going to sign up for this 10 K or I'm going to practice practice. I'm going to train, uh, for a half marathon. Or are you me with the practice? No, just joking. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. And, and, we're each going to have our own way of doing things and our way is that's fine. That it, it doesn't have to look the way, the way you do the work doesn't have to look like what other people are doing. Yes. It took me a long time. I don't know why it is. I play this game with myself or I used to play this game with myself, but if I'm doing it one way and then, you know, one other person or two other people are doing it the other way, their way is always better. I don't know why, why mm-hmm. I invented that one. And it's just like, And I've got to be careful to not like get perfectionistic and should all over myself, which is, Mm. oh, well, I can't, I I shouldn't, I shouldn't get my, you know, uh, pre-prepared foods. That's too much money. It's just like, but how much does it cost for me to be unhealthy? Um, And, you know, you pick your, you make your choices. And sometimes um, me just insisting, no, I'm just going to be different over and over and over again. Isn't really me helping me any, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, sort of shaming myself for not being able to do it the way I did. I've deemed other ways as better. Um, And I'm the judge and jury Mm -hmm. here. I'm the person in charge of me. I get to run uh, my friend, Dwayne Perkins used the phrase. Oh, so is that how you're running your operation? And I just love that phrase, (laughs) run your operation. It's like, yeah, I'm the person running this operation. 
you know, thanks Dwight Perkins. Um, I'm running this operation and this operation, you know, um, like I, I fold the laundry while I'm on the phone or listening to podcasts or talking to my guy. But for some reason, I don't put it in the drawers. Uh, but, <laughs> but his deal is he's not, he's good with putting it in the dryer, uh, in the wash in the dryer. And then he just leaves it in a pile. And then I just fold it. And then one day I find that it's off the couch of the living room. And uh, this invisible mm-hmm. system that we've created is like the best laundry system I've ever had. Um, and I can never find any of my stuff, but I'm still not going to put it away. <laughs> like, whatever happened to that sweater? Oh, well. Yeah. I don't need that sweater because I'm not putting my own laundry away because for some reason I don't like dealing with the drawers. We have one of those drawers that does the thing where it drops mm-hmm. and then the other one where you can't pull it open. <laughs> And I'm just like, you know, I'm not dealing with that. So that's another thing to do is like, look where there's flaws in your system. And it could legit be something as a drawer you don't like. Like for me, I used to not practice guitar. This was back, you know, before my carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel stuff. I mean, I play a little, but I used to not practice guitar enough. And what I needed was um, I broke, I'd broken my guitar stand. I needed a new guitar stand because I needed the guitar to be out to remind me to pick up the guitar. Mm. Sometimes it is logistically just one of those issues. Look for where the hangup is. And it could be something like, I don't file that stuff because the, the drawer is too low. It's like, then move it up. You know what I mean? Like create a system that you enjoy. Or sometimes it's buying something new and cool to make it fun. Mm-hmm. 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 And sometimes it's, oh, this thing. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm... Um, oh, wait, I couldn't hear what you said. Maybe I won't. Oh, maybe I don't like this thing. So... When you were talking about music, um, I played the saxophone as a kid. Um, and not that I disliked the saxophone, but I never, ever practiced. One, because it just wasn't, I mean, I liked music, but I wasn't, I wasn't in love with it. And so eventually I got to a point where I could quit band. And it was great. Um, so sometimes I have to look at why is it that I'm not doing the work or why is it that I'm not putting this thing into practice? And I have to get really clear about, is this something that I even want to be doing? And if I do, then great, take the steps, figure out what, what I need to do. And if I don't, then I do have to, to be okay with letting it go. And, um, yeah, to just be okay with letting it go and not worrying about maybe what other people will think, especially if it's something I said, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be great. And then I get into it and I don't like it. Um, okay, then I got into it. I tried it. It's not for me. I'm going to go spend my time doing something else. Yes. I always, sometimes when I ask myself, like, why don't I do the things that I want to do? There's a couple of things. Like, there's the concept... <laughs> It's really interesting, and I don't. I hope it makes sense to other people. Sometimes I want the thing, but sometimes I want to want the thing. Mm. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I want to be the world traveler. I love what that looks like on paper. The reality is, uh, I don't. I don't really want to like that. Like the hassle of traveling to me is not nearly as much as the fun of once you get mm-hmm. there. Like I enjoy, I, so I did travel. I went, I lived in, and that lived, I spent like uh, two months in Australia. So I kind of lived there. Um, but the fun for me was that the, the enjoying Australia to hassle of flying to Australia ratios were ideal for me. The concept of I'm going to go through airport security, sit in that tube, be <laughs> crowded with these people and do all of that to just be somewhere else, adjust there for like a day and a half. You know what I mean? And then fly back. Like the three day like away weekend, unless it's like an hour trip that's really short. Like I'm like, oh no, no, I got to pack, I got to plan, I got to take time off. Like the truth is, um, there's people who love travel, and there's people like me who love to be somewhere new. And there's a difference. <laughs> and one is the difference is somebody who can literally go somewhere like for a weekend. The the, the the travel is not stressful to them. They don't have anxiety about, you know, being pushed around and, you know, putting their shoes in a little thing. And like all of that just agitates me. And so once I realized, oh, I don't actually want to do that. Like I want to want to. I love what it looks like on paper. Mm -hmm. Show me your photos, people. Do you know what I mean? Like tell me the story of what it was like when you went so-and-so for like a weekend. 
because I'm not going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about camping. I, <laughs> as we've talked about, I am working on being an outdoorsy person. I like being outside. I like going for hikes. I would, I, when I first kind of got into this, I was like, yes, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get a backpack and I'm going to be gone for a week. And, and I recognize very much like car camping is about as camping as I'm ever going to get because I like toilets. And yes, I wish I could be that person that could, you know, just go to the bathroom outside. I'm not. And guess what? Yeah. Those people are cool. They are. But they're not me. Way to go. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to be me. So to do the work, I'm going to, it also helps when you realize what you're truly capable of and what you truly want to do. Um, it just, it just relieves so much pressure about the bigger thing. So now that I know car camping is about as much as I can handle, great. Now I don't have to do all of this research on, you know, year and I don't have to have anxiety about bathrooms and what it's going to be like to be away from you know to be kind of out like away from civilization for long periods of time because you know what bad weather happens I pack up my stuff I get in the car and I come home um all of that makes this kind of foray into this some this new outdoorsy situation uh seem a lot more doable. Um, and so then the work to get there is just feels easier. Yes. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. If you find yourself not doing something, you got to ask yourself, do I want to do it or do I want to want to do it? Um, cause it's a very subtle thing. And then there's another weird thing that I have sometimes when I'm not doing what I want. And sometimes what it is, is that I want it so bad. I'm almost afraid. And it's really interesting. I wanted to write a novel for a really long time. I mean, since I was, I was nine, I literally was practicing my signature so that when the people lined up to buy my books, which has yet to happen, by the way, by all means, ask me to autograph a book. I'd be so excited. Um, but I didn't want to keep the people waiting, Brianna. So I, uh, I practiced that. So I've wanted to write a novel since I was nine. But in my mind, I needed the novel to be great. And also I needed the dream of the novel. I used to always imagine when my life was small and I hated my job or I was overworking, you know, uh, you know, doing all these things. And, you know, and sometimes, especially when you're young, you don't have a lot of resources. Life just feels really hard. You know, I was in the grind part of my early twenties and I needed the dream of the novel. I needed to believe that one day I would write this amazing novel and it would make everything okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that dream kept me hopeful. Um, But then I finally hit an age in my 30s where I realized, are you ever going to write the novel, though? Are you ever going to write the novel? And I was just like, and that's when I did my first um, NaNoWriMo. And, um, you know, and I needed to believe at that time that that novel was going to be amazing. And the truth of the matter is, I have no idea if that novel was good or not. I wrote it in the month like you were supposed to. I felt the victory. I enjoyed doing it. I felt like a writer, like a like a novelist type of writer. I've always written articles and stuff like that. So I never worried about that. But and. Then I put it in a drawer. And after a while, I just started writing more and more and more. And I didn't need I didn't need it to be a success. I didn't need the book to solve my life. And once I'd sort of taken the stakes away, I was able to write more and more, you know, and 14 books later, here I am. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be different for every person, but we, and I agree with you, we need to find, we need to eventually ask ourselves, do we really want to do this thing? And if we do, what's it going to take for me to do it? I think one of the, I think one of the sort of best kind of development pieces that have ha- has happened for me in the last, I don't know, two or three years is this, that new understanding, like I can't just keep talking about things. I either need to do it or I need to let it go and move on to something else because just constantly going over it in my head or just playing through it, trying to make it perfect. And as you said, attaching so much to it, um, it was getting me nowhere. And I wasn't, not only was I not, um, 
you know, having the life experience that I wanted, it really attributed to a fair amount of negativity because I didn't, all I could really point to was the thought of it and there was no action and there was no outcome. So it was just kind of, I was just consistently getting down on myself for you have this big thought or you have this thing that you want to do, but what are you doing about it? And I wasn't doing anything, uh, which again, just kind of set to this negativity spiral that wasn't helping me at all. It's, um, it's interesting because sometimes I need a break because I write a lot and then I take a break from writing books. Um, and one of the things that's really cool about being a writer is that on the days that I write more, and I have like had years where I wrote every single day, um, and I just committed to doing, to writing every single day. I had like a, you know, a minimum word count, you know, you're going to write a hundred days or hundred words or 300 words into a document that is a project in progress. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to just keep, keep hammering at it every day, no matter what. Um, and there was something about setting my word count goal small. Sometimes if you're not moving, it's because the task is so daunting mm-hmm. and taking it, breaking it down into something smaller and smaller and smaller so that you can make some progress um, is an easier way to tackle something. And, and there's always that voice that says, well, you know, what is, what good is 10 minutes or what good is a hundred words? But actually when you add it up, it genuinely, like when they talk about forming a habit, one of the things they tell you is if you want to get in the habit of flossing your teeth, um, what you want to do is you want to keep the floss front and center. And every night you want to floss one tooth, hmm. at least one tooth. You can floss one tooth and then, then you don't have to floss the rest. Sometimes, some nights, you're going to floss the one tooth, and then you're going to say, hey, I might as well go for a couple of them, or I might go for the whole thing. But it doesn't matter as long as you just do one tooth. And you just sort of get, um, you get sort of a string going. And the more likely that you do it every day, the more likely you are going to create the habit. Uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, in the movie Comedian talked about, you want to be a comedian? Write five jokes a day. You get a big, you get a big um, calendar. Um, you get a marker. And every day that you write the five jokes, you, you put an X through the day. And he's like, and then after a while, you're going to get a chain, you know, chain of X's. Don't break the chain. Mm-hmm. That's how you become a comedian. And it was just like, of course, I immediately tried to do it with a friend of mine. And we broke the chain on like day four. <laughs> um, but it worked better for me in the novel writing. I can't write five jokes. My jokes don't run that way. Mm-hmm. They're not like, I don't do jokes. I do stories, as you can tell by my long-windedness here. Uh, but you know, doing something every day makes you, it's, it's very empowering. Mm -hmm. There is too, I think something about whether it's visual or whether you keep the count in your head, uh, there is something too about, um, trying not to break that chain that helps with Mm -hmm. focus. So one of my challenges is keeping focused or (laughs) remembering, and, and I know this sounds weird, but remembering that this is the thing I said I was going to do. Um, I feel like I might set out with a, with a, an activity related to a goal and it's, I'm going to do X for this, this many days. I just need to do it for this amount of time for this many days. And I'll be great. Like you said, for the first three or four days. And then I don't know if it's this weird trained distraction or what, but then I will kind of get through a day if I'm left to my own devices, I'll get through the day and then it's 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, crap, I forgot to do the thing. (laughs) And like when we were, you know, starting out with this work, however many years ago, we used to, when we worked together, we would do that daily meditation Mm -hmm. um, where we would, you know, find something to, to read. And then we would sit and we would meditate for seven minutes. Having someone to do that with, helped me focus and remember that I needed to do that. What I find now is I set similar goals, particularly to do something at work to, you know, take a breath, step back, whatever. Um, But the day, just the day and the activities, the things that are happening in the workday get, get in the way or I allow them to get in the way. And I come home and maybe I'm, maybe I remember it, maybe I don't, but it's, it's the idea like, Oh crap, I forgot. I was going to try to take five minutes and do some deep breathing or just do a little bit of a mindful exercise, mindfulness exercise. There's something about a visual or again, if it's the visual or the accountability partner to help 
for me to help keep the focus. And then I like that. Um, I'm also a person of like, don't ruin it. <laughs> so <laughs> if I have something and I've been doing it for more than, I don't know, 10 days, 12 days, whatever the case may be, then it becomes less about continuing to do the thing. And it does become a little bit more about not losing the streak. Cause I don't want to, I mean, that was a lot of work and I don't want to start over from scratch. Yes. And there's, there's like a lot of the cool thing about living in today's like world is there's a lot of interesting technology out there for that. There are reminder apps. There's like a, there's like this thing called Habitica, which gamifies your life. So you pick a habit and then literally you get points every day that you do it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like there's a game to it. Do you know what I mean? There's another thing I think that's called for the words that some writers use where like every time you write so many words, you get like to do battle with a dragon or I don't know how it works because I'm not, I don't really use it because that's a lot of work to do it. And then there's also like these little tricks that I can have when I'm really trying to make myself work. I have the program that will shut down my computer Mm. and um, it literally locks my computer and it, um, it makes me write, I have to write a certain number of words before the, um, I can access anything on my computer at all. So like the night before, I'll lock my computer and uh, I have to write 150 words before I can check my email or go on Facebook or anything like that. Now, when I set the word count way too high, like I'll get a rush, right? The first day I'll do like, oh yeah, I wrote 250 words before I even peed. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, and then I'll be like, I'll do 500, I'll do a thousand. And at a certain point, it's like, I am avoiding my computer all day. Yeah. I'm on my phone. Like I have literally just cracked into the pressure and just like, cause you can just, you know, bash out words on your computer, hitting the space bar, not real words, even just like ASKDF, yeah. just to get to like a thousand so that you could get on Facebook or whatever. So I've got to be very careful with that tool, but there are tools you can use. Mm-hmm. And then even if you don't want to use the technology aspect, there was um, a writer friend of mine who was talking, um, Timothy was his name, Tim. And he was talking about how he wanted to um, create a, um, you know, create a a bond with, um, you know, something bigger than himself. Do you know what I mean? And so Tim would say, I tell myself, I wear my watch on the wrong, on the wrong wrist. So that every time I go to look at my watch, I remember, you know, I want to, I want to thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Every time I walk through a doorway and I, I, I touch that door handle, I remember God walk before me. And it was such a, a humble way to say it and such a beautiful way to like, oh, yeah, switch my watch over to remind myself to have a conscious contact with something greater than myself. Every doorway, I ask God to go before me. And I don't, I don't want to get everybody creeped out over God if you're not into God. I'm just saying any type of every time, you know, I walk through a doorway, I remember this is the moment that I care about my health and my life. Like whatever it is that you want to change, setting like a verb, like a visual concept mm-hmm. so that you have like that trigger. Um, helps you to remember what your bigger, greater goals are. And so it doesn't always have to be an app. I love the phone and the app. So I like that. I like a reminder. I like a ding. And then after a while, I just get overwhelmed with notifications that I do nothing. And then I start again. Um, that's my process. But the the door, every time I touch a door handle, every time I put my watch on my other side, or as you did with my medication, I flip over my bottle, mm-hmm. like you told me to remember, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that to help keep it going. Yep. And that is just... And it's going to look different for everybody. It's going to, it might look different for you at different parts of your life. So what I was doing maybe 10 or 15 years ago worked for me then, but now I have to find new things. So one of the things I recognize is um, where I tend to kind of fall off or where I stop, whatever the new habit is, whatever the new practice is. I've recognized I can go about three weeks uh, and then then something kind of happens and I stop. Um, so it took a while to kind of recognize that. But one of the things that I started doing now is I've, I've told people, hey, I'm doing this new thing. You know, I tend to, um, or, I'm, or here's the practice that I'm trying. I tend to fall off at about, week three. So I might reach out or just maybe ask me about how, how's this going so that I can be aware of when I'm approaching that part or approaching that time frame, and then find something to do to help me get through it so that I can keep going. Um, 
and that has worked relatively well in just getting over those areas where it tends to fall apart. And one of the things as far as doing the practice and doing the work that I had to take as a win is even for me, uh, for these things that I really want to do is to be really um, uh, positive about the fact that even if I fall off or even if I don't do it perfectly, I keep starting again. So again, with the health and wellness piece, I'll do really great. And then maybe after week three, week four, things kind of fall off, fall off a little bit, but I continue to get back up and start over. And if it's a start over, if it's a start from whatever space I'm at, whatever, I, I'm trying to take the win as at least I'm still moving forward and at least I'm still trying. Yeah, because it is a win. It's absolutely a win. You know, every, every, every new try is you telling yourself, I'm just finding another way to do this. And you can troubleshoot what you did or try again. And it's like, as long as, you're, as, long as you keep trying, you're, you're not failing. You're still in it to win it. We are in it to win it. I love that. So that takes us right into the mission for the week, which is do the work. Do the practice. Practice whatever the thing is. Do something you've been meaning to do anything, big, small, medium-sized, you decide. And to help you do that, maybe you use one of the tools we talked about. Maybe you come up with your own tool or trick to help you get through this. And you know what? We would love, love, love to hear about it. So moment and you want to share with us, we'd love for you to email us the thing that you're going to try to do this week. You can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positive view, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and next week's episode is um, how to deal with disappointment. Uh, and that episode is going to come out Monday. New episodes come out every single Monday. Uh, so please take a moment to go ahead and subscribe. And, and we'd also uh, love it if you were to leave us a review. Uh, and so uh, that is our show for today. Uh, I'm Christy Murphy. And I'm Brianna G. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you.